Welcome to Running It Back, the Lessons Learned from Sports podcast. I'm Mike Palmer, joined as always by Tarlin Ray. We're going to talk NFL. We're going to talk quarterbacks. We're even going to sprinkle in a little Terrell Owens and maybe some hip-hop stylings. But before we get to any of that, Tarlin, how are you doing today? It's been way too long. Mm. And I got to a point where I thought something happened with us. Mm. And it's a summer break. Sure. People in Europe, they take August off. So we did. Yeah. It took a little more. And we thought our last show was Simone Biles. Yeah. It's going to make our podcasting stronger, Darwin. I was getting notes from folks saying, what's going on? Are you potting? Yeah. Are right. you like having issues? Is there beef? There is no beef. I love you, man. All right. I missed you. Yeah. And we tried to pod on our one year anniversary. We're just a couple weeks after, but this is right. one year anniversary of right. first release of our running it back. So I'm happy. Correct. So paper anniversary, is that the first one? Yeah, I, I made my own certificate. Apparently the origami swan I sent you got crumpled up in the mail. But I am happy to be back to go for another strong 11 months. Yes. Of running it back to lessons learned and sports moments. And this NFL season is nigh. It's upon us. We are, we're recording this just before week two. Arguably, there was a football game Thursday night between the Giants and the Redskins. Ar- arguably. I'm a Giants fan. It's, it's, it's still too soon. This whole year may be too soon. So I say people still have hope, but you guys are 0-2. So. But then Daniel Jones. Why does Daniel Jones, every time he runs, look like he's about to fall down like he did last year? He just like, looks like he's always tilted it, forward. You're talking about my quarterback. Oh, is that your quarterback? Well, you know, that brings us to the topic of today's show where we're talking about quarterbacks again. When we do with the NFL, we wind up talking about quarterbacks. CEOs. Arguably the CEOs. They're probably second tier divas to their wide receivers. That's when I'm freestyling. We were going to talk about a certain press conference from years back. 2008, we're going to play a little bit of sound from that storied press conference right now. It is very meme-worthy. This is something you'll see out as a meme. I think it's probably been auto-tuned. We're going to hear it in many different ways, but let's begin by playing a little bit of one Terrell Owens defending his quarterback, Tony Romo. It's not about Tony. You guys can point the finger at him. You, you can talk about the vacation. And if you do that, it's really unfair. It's really fair. I'm getting choked up with my team. Yeah. It's my quarterback. That's right. And if you guys do that, man, it's unfair. It's unfair. You know, hard the team. Tarlin. It wasn't Daniel Jones, right? It's funny. We lost to the team. The best part, if you people haven't seen it, the sunglasses that yeah. T.O. is wearing mm-hmm. and the, just the outpouring of emotion in that press conference, 2008, the Dallas Cowboys actually have a bye. So they are having a chance to have a week off. And most people don't remember that 2008 season. That's the year that the Patriots ran the table and were undefeated and ultimately lost to the Giants in the uh, Super Bowl. But this is the Cowboys great chance. Uh, that Cowboys team, T.O., who is a Hall of Famer. Tony Romo, who is a Hall of Fame announcer. Yeah. He'll likely, if he holds it together, he's got to stack the years together. He'll probably go into the broadcaster side of the NFL Hall of Fame. 
Absolutely. Marion Barber, the third, there's a Terry Glynn sighting. I watched nine minutes of a nice of a rewind of that game. Jason Witten, mm -hmm. who's played for 30 years, DeMarcus Ware. Yeah. And Romo went, he was dating Jessica Simpson mm -hmm. at the time. Mm -hmm. And the CEO of the team, the quarterback went to Cabo during the down week. And, and and just to jump in there, as an East Coast gentleman, I have been to Cabo San Lucas, partly because I wanted to be able to say Cabo San Lucas. And Cabo San Lucas is delightful. I'm sure as a West Coaster, the whole going to Cabo with Jessica Simpson in 2008 was, it was a choice. It's tough to hate on the guy for making that move, but I know there's more to the story. So we're just fleshing it out a little. Cabo, thumbs up Cabo, right? Yeah, thumbs up Cabo. Yeah. Make sure he brought his playbook down there. He wanted to make sure he was relaxed and ready for it. I'm sure they had an off week. Life balance. It's the recuperative side. I'm sure he was able to clear his head a little bit. Just get away from things. Absolutely. And then he returned and went 18 for 36, 201 yards, TD in the inter bad interception in the game. Against the stalwart New York Giants defense. And New York Giants at the time. Listen, Eli Manning, two-time Super Bowl champion that's my quarterback now that's your quarterback we can talk about in later shows their uh monday night he and his brother on monday night football out of their man caves yes the manning cast great, great, a little bit the of the man manning cast with russell wilson russell wilson on monday night for that crazy ending and to watch three quarterbacks break down the quarterback play of david carr Lamar Jackson versus David Carr. That game was just bonkers. And to watch the three of them break it down together, interesting stuff. We'll come back to it. But to your point, where are we going with this? Romo, to give him so much heat, he was playing against a pretty dominant New York Giants defense. And yes. He was running for his life. Don't forget Michael Strahan yeah. of the all-time sack leader. Mm -hmm. But I did love seeing some of the offensive players, Brandon Jacobs, Ahmad Bradshaw. Yeah. Amani Tuma. Yes. So it, it's just, it brought us all back as we were thinking about that, that seminal moment. And just thinking about quarterback controversy, because we go into this year, we all love football. At least I do. I was still rooting for a team that has never won the Super Bowl. And this is the one time that Palmer can root for a team that's actually done something. It's yeah. really the only team in his life that's actually been relevant. Well, we'll get back to that. But also just while you're mentioning it, Phil Sims, that's my quarterback, and Jeff Hostetler, that's my quarterback. I'm going to steer clear of the other ones. There are other quarterbacks in there. When I don't care about winning. You got to bring me a chip, then you're my quarterback. Uh, but then the other thing we did want to mention is that's my quarterback. Just to help us with our SEO juice, we did want to give a little bit of props, or a lot of props really, to the mad fanatic out of Denver who took that's my quarterback to a new level. We're gonna play a little bit of that sound now. Drew Locke is different, man. He's a he's a true franchise quarterback. He's somebody that's gonna be around for 15 years. He's got the cannon arm. He can run, he, he got great ball placement, but more importantly, he just has it. And I know there's a lot of pundits who are gonna say, yo, you supported Trav, you supported this guy, you supported Case, you support everybody, and I do. But Drew Locke, that's my quarterback. We'll be sharing the links to the Mad Fanatics YouTube channel 
on our show page, runningitback.fm. You'll find all this there. Really inspirational. Interestingly, we found this track. I, I first heard this while reading that Teddy Two Gloves Bridgewater was named the Denver Broncos starting quarterback. I still love this song, though. It makes me think maybe there's something down the road, Drew Locke. You Drew Locke fans out there, don't give up. But uh, quarterback controversy, there's a lot of it going on around the, the NFL today. And we wanted to do a quick survey of what's out there in the NFL. Where do you want to go here? Which QB controversies are most relevant to the, the collective mindset these days? I thought we were going to take a moment just to try to swap names. And you and I were going to, Teddy Bridgewater, that's my quarter. No, Teddy Two Gloves, that's my quarter. No. That's nope. a little better. All right. So 15 new starting quarterbacks in the NFL this year out of 32 teams. Yeah. You just mentioned the Broncos giving up after one year on Drew Locke. Yeah. So we got Teddy Two Gloves, Teddy Bridgewater, who used to be drafted by the Minnesota Vikings, had a gruesome injury. Yeah. I think it was out Louisville. Louisville. Mm-hmm. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yeah. And Teddy traded or moved on to Denver and the quarterback now in Carolina where Teddy last played is Sam Darnold. You Jets fans. Also, by the way, Sam Darnold was excellent in the Impossibles movie. Or Impossibles 2. I forget which one. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Absolutely. Perfect call. Sam Darnold, who, if you're Jets fans, no one can stand. What's interesting about the NFL is if you look across a lot of the quarterbacks that are now starting for teams, if you ask the former fan base about that quarterback, they couldn't get rid of them fast enough. So mm-hmm. Houston Texans, Sean Watson. Right. What are you up to? 30 plus dude should never play in the NFL again. Yeah. Granted. Innocent until proven guilty. Right, There's right. A lot of smoke around his sexual harassment. Right. with the misses. So the Houston Texans fan base is super excited to have Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod, keep the team doctor away from me, Taylor. Yeah, Tyrod punctured long Taylor <laughs> was the starting quarterback for the Chargers. It was an accidental puncture of the lung for helping with the rib injury. I got big air quotes. So Justin Herbert, Herbert, Abair. I keep wanting to think of Bobby Abair. Herbert, Herbert, Herbert. with Sherbert. Yeah, Herbert. Yeah, Justin Herbert. Yeah is now the starting quarterback for the Chargers. So if you just run around, we, we have the Saints who lost Drew Brees. Yeah. NFL leader in probably everything, completions, touchdowns. Yeah. And now they're rolling with Jameis Lobster Winston. You remember? <laughs> yeah. His- was it, it was Lobster. It was, I know it was a shellfish. Crab legs? No, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Crab legs? Something. That's I think it was a crab leg. Yeah. And his one record is leading NFL in, in 30 and 30. He's 30 for 30. Interceptions. Yeah. 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. And yeah. that's the guy. Yeah. So it's, it's just amazing how the Detroit Lions are so happy about Gulf. Yes. And the LA Rams, even though Jared Goff took the Rams to playoffs three or four years, could get rid of that guy fast enough. He's only 26. Yeah. So... The retreading it. Some of it's the controversy, but some of it's just the same guy in a new place. And yeah. how is this guy going to be any different 
than what he was before. And a lot of it speaks to the team dynamics of football, which reminds me a little bit of what I was talking about around Simone Biles and gymnastics, is that when we look for lessons learned or we look for a model out there in the world, frequently we look to sports and sports isn't always, in fact, it's pretty much never a one-to-one mapping to our actual lives. But football, to me, feels very similar to the way big groups of humans structure themselves. And you have to put some of them into these leadership positions. The, the main leadership position on a football club is their quarterback. That's my quarterback. But the whole team needs to get behind that guy. And the interesting thing, it's many interesting things aside from crying behind sunglasses and being Terrell Owens, the crocodile tears are pretty hilarious, but the idea that we lost as a team, why are you singling out the quarterback? In many ways, that's what leadership is. When things go bad, it's on you and finding the right players who have the metal to kind of power through that and ultimately become genuine leaders is where I think there's a lot of analogies. And then similarly, how to build a culture that is supportive. Frequently, quarterbacks are known for gifting their offensive line and tight ends with amazing things to build that connectivity and that cohesion. But there's a lot of lessons that we can learn from how we think about quarterbacks how we can learn about leadership from quarterbacks and then bringing in the T.O. angle, the dynamics between quarterbacks and the rest of the team and how much there is genuine support, how much there is lip service support, and then even how you think about succession planning for your leadership as an organization. There's a lot of lessons to be learned that can be applied to professional settings by watching football. It's also why I think hard knocks when done well also resonates with us beyond just its football ramifications. You don't need to see a lot of football to get the drama of a QB controversy in camp. Where do you find some lessons here, Tarlin? I think you're making a great point. In that T.O. press conference, and I'll go to, to current day, T.O. was the only one willing to answer a question. There are three or four players asked questions about Tony Romo, Jessica Simpson. We, we may have a side conversation about John Mayer and the number of relations that she's broken up. I mean, your body's a wonderland. Why people fall for that, that song? But T.O. was the only one who really stood up uh, for Tony Romo. Now, it felt strange, especially now as you look at T.O. 2018-2019 was asked about Tony Romo and his ability in the booth. And T.O. basically threw Tony Romo under the bus saying he can see the field from here, but didn't really do a great job while he's on the field, which is kind of... Conflict with what he said is crocodile tears with. Well, uh, I, I just to be clear, open invite to Terrell Owens and his camp. You know, we could go deep. Only he's doing it from his driveway where he's normally working out and doing some push-ups. One-arm push-ups and sunglasses while crying. Yes. But your point about bringing people together, leading a team, maturing into a leader, it, I think the best place to go are the 15 quarterback changes and controversies is the Cam Newton, Mac Jones. The New England Patriots drafted a quarterback for the first time since 1993 when Drew Bledsoe was drafted by the New England Patriots. Mm -hmm. Mac Jones. First round, right? Yeah. 
first round, in the first round, 15th yeah. pick. Mac Jones with the fifth quarterback. We did an NFL draft controversy. We were focused on Justin Fields. He's the fifth quarterback taken in this pass. In the, the, the still not yet starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears, which is another topic we could come back to. Correct. But he did score in his first game. Uh-huh. Cam Newton, former MVP, played for New England Patriots last year. I can say he played for him, but spent his time throwing balls at people's feet and still scoring and still he's a batter around, but still not looking like the Cam of old. Also looking interesting in press conferences. He did rock some intriguing looks. Oh, he's been doing that since 2000. I mean, he, but he, he con- wins every press conference. He continues to impress is my point. Oh, Just oh, when you think there's press nothing- imp- Dressed to impress. Yeah. He's great community guy. Yeah. Teammates love him. And to be clear, we haven't done our Met Gala episode. Fashion Week is going to be upon us before you know it. So we're going to have to come back to that. Russell Westbrook is making some interesting moves right now. Bringing some Dennis Rodman, 90s Bulls mojo to LeBron's Lakers. That's a little tease for what might be on the horizon. But anyways, talk about a controversy. Bill Belichick... Throughout the training camp preseason said that Cam Newton's the number one quarterback. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no debate. Cam Newton was taking first team reps, but you could hear how quickly Mac Jones was picking up on the playbook. Mm-hmm. That he could play, he could run the two minute drill. Yeah. No huddle. All the things that McDaniels, Josh McDaniels, office coordinator for New England Patriots wanted to do. He had some football intelligence. He had some intangibles, maybe. He had, what did he, what did he, he had that it factor, maybe. <laughs> and someone who sat behind, and we're not annoying this guy at all, but someone who sat behind Jalen Hurts and yeah. Tua in Alabama, which now be, it's a factory down there. Yeah. And Belichick spends a lot of time down in Bama. He has a lot of respect for team coach and their philosophy. Yeah. So the controversy is like, no, Cam's number one. But then we have, some might say, the conspiracy moment. Where Cam is going off to a club approved medical appointment specialist. And during that time, he's getting daily COVID tests. Just to clarify, this is not the same specialist who worked on Tyrod Taylor's back, yep. right? To the best of our knowledge? No, this was not. There are no needles involved, but just making sure everything was straight. Yes. And because of some miscommunication, mm-hmm around the way that Cam was testing. And I think he needed to test every day because Cam is unvaccinated. Mm-hmm. He then had to take five days off mm-hmm. from the actual training cap being in person. He, he, he sat in virtually. Yeah. Sitting in virtually, what does that mean? It's like us watching TV. How do you sit in virtually? It's, it's like Peyton, it, Peyton I, Eli in, in, the, in their man caves watching practice. Yeah. It's already worse than... Someone, you're sitting in virtually and there's 19 people in a conference room. Right. And you're like the one face just sitting there staring at everyone. Yeah. But then no one's looking at you and you can't hear. Yeah. I'm sure Cam got a lot of mental reps during those five days. It's fun to do those meetings in your bathroom, by the way. That's just a pro tip. I normally, I used to go business up top. Yeah. Party down below. Right. Party just means slumber. I just go all slumber all the time. Especially when you're home. Go you over yourself. Don't pretend don't, you got the way you ever be you're, too you're tight. Still at, you're still at home. You never feel like you're like, why is my stomach hurt? You just yeah. always elastic bands. Sure. And hoodie, if you can get away with a hoodie, right. I always recommend yeah. counting the number of days to go with a hoodie. We, we can talk about COVID wear and work from home. I think that's an important topic. It is. But Cam 
virtual reps and Mac Jones, five days of taking first team reps. And then you hear the whispers from Kim that against your giants, they had a, what do they call it? Joint practice. Yeah. Where during that practice in about a thousand degree heat, Mac Jones went 30, 30, somebody go. They go 30 for 30. Now that's another 30. Yeah. The 35 for 40. Okay. Two, two of the incompletions or drop passes. Yeah. And dominated the giants in that joint practice. In this, meeting, in this meaningless game. Yeah. Domi dominated hmm. seven on seven, 11 on 11. It was a precursor for the 0 and 2 to see what the, where the Giants would go. Yeah, I mean, we know how to be dominated in the regular season, so being dominated in the preseason isn't that big a deal. But, but so a couple of things that happened. One, Mac was able to, to run the whole offense. Two, Bill Belichick, who doesn't normally do this, gave Mac what it seemed like nothing to focus on, but a, a low five at the end of practice. And veterans were coming out to say how impressed they were with Mac Jones the amount of time and effort he's putting into practice and learning, and also the amount of time they're spending trying to dissect their own defense. Yeah. And so he had the locker room. Yeah. And so you're talking about new players coming in and leaders coming into organization. You don't win. You win if you get the locker room, that ground swivel of support can carry you a yeah. long way. And so I think that was what, as you focus on Tony, Romo and happened with Terrell, you didn't feel the same support coming out of the Cowboys for Romo at the time, but it's interesting to see how quickly Mac has done that with the veteran group, a team that's won multiple Super Bowls. That's a recipe to give you a lot of rope to make some mistakes, but you know that you got the leader in the house. Yeah. But then at the same time, you know that your coach is cold-blooded, where he will cold yeah. cut you like nobody's business and Cam was just cut loose. The other point that you're making, which is an interesting one when you think about quarterbacks, uh, bringing back your very own Minnesota Vikings, is the specter of COVID hanging over professional sports, the NFL in particular, is something to think about these days. And you know, I like to say, Tarlin, the number one ability is availability. And if you're, thank you. And if you're, willing to take on the risk of being knocked out by the publicly understood NFL rules. It's hard to get behind a quarterback as a leader in today's NFL if they're not getting vaccinated. And it's an interesting dimension of quarterback controversy. It's not just quarterbacks. It's also Cole Beasley, famously for the Buffalo Bills, is coming out strongly against being required to get a vaccine. And truth be told, there, there isn't a mandate. It's more there are different protocols if you are not vaccinated. Versus vaccinated. Yep. And then it's more likely that you will miss time if you are not vaccinated. And miss more time if you're not vaccinated. Exactly. In order to come back to the team. Correct. And when there is a quarterback controversy in camp, in the case of Kirk Cousins or Aaron Rodgers, uh, who I believe is vaccinated, but just as an example, less of a controversy, they're going to be your quarterback. In the case of Cam and Mac Jones, it was a question. And again, I haven't done the, the vaccine dimension on all the quarterback controversies in the NFL, but if, I imagine if Andy Dalton was not vaccinated and Justin Fields was, that controversy would be leaning more towards starting Justin Fields. Although a lot of us are saying just 
why don't you start Justin Fields now? Because it's the Red Rocket. It is the Red Rocket. And he, week one, they were playing the Rams. So you don't necessarily want to bring your rookie into a situation where they're not necessarily going to succeed. But let's go back to Minnesota and Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, you mentioned, he's a guy who, when asked whether he's vaccinated, he said it's personal. He won't ask, so that's fine. But it's clear that he's not. And he'll then say, I'll do whatever I need to do for the team, whatever, anything I need to do to make sure I can be on the field. Right. Including if I'm in the quarterback room, I'll be in plexiglass. Uh, and then the reason this came up is because the whole quarterback room, all the Vikings quarterbacks, I took a four or five day because of close contact. And yeah. And, and interestingly, they, I think they all took it together in Cabo, which kind of brings it circle. <laughs> but that's, that's a separate point. Yeah. <laughs> it's a direct. JetBlue flight from Minnesota, it's easy. And so do whatever I need to do to be there for the team, but you're not. Yeah. And so how do you balance that? It's the same, you talk about Aaron Rodgers, forget the vaccination, but this is a guy Mm -hmm. who didn't want to be in Green Bay, wanted to leave, wanted to be the Jeopardy host and said, I can figure out how to be the Jeopardy host and film it all in a couple of days and then go play for the Packers. You can figure it all out. Yeah. Got engaged, mm-hmm. then basically said, in my mind, I that last year was my last year, my MVP year, and now is back. Now, granted, I'm a little bitter because I hate having Packers on my fantasy team, and I yeah. took him in my auction draft, and he played an egg. Interesting, played an egg last yeah. week. But the question is, you should listen to all the pundits <laughs> talking about Aaron Rodgers, yeah, right now. And basically saying his head is gone because he was ready to retire and leave. And that this season's going to be a disaster. Yeah. And I actually don't believe that. Because Aaron Rodgers, I still believe, has the faith in the, of, of his players. He had offensive linemen gifting him a tricked-out golf cart when he came back to training camp. Devontae Adams is his guy. Randall Cobb is his guy. He hasn't lost the team because he got beat up by crab legs, lobster. Has Latavius, our, our crackpot intern, figured out whether it's crab or lobster? I'm pretty sure it's a crab leg. You just search Jameis crab legs and there's way too many. It's crab leg. <laughs> but that to me is not a controversy. I don't believe Rodgers has lost the locker room. They're going to whoop up on the Lions. They're going to be one and one. Everyone's going to forget this. It, yeah. It's other places where... Someone doesn't have years of showing their worth, showing their commitment behind the scenes where no one knows how they're communicating with other members of the team, Yeah, where you start to see fishers and see not a deep belief that the QB can lead. Yeah. And we saw that with Mitch Trubisky, which is why he's not there with the Bears. Yeah. We saw with Cam Newton as he's through ground bowls. We saw that with Drew Locke. That's why quarterback, back, which is why two gloves is there. Yeah. Jets do not believe in Sam Darnold. Dwayne Haskins had no chance of making with WFT. Yeah, yeah. Patrick was gone because they wanted to play Tua. Jared Gulf, which everyone, no, they don't call him golf. They call him Gulf. Yeah, don't give me no golf. Yeah. Yep. Deshaun Watson, which they love, but it's no chance of coming back. And Drew right. retired. Mm-hmm. So it all circles back to Aaron Rodgers is the leader of that team. Everyone should just be quiet. Mac Jones quickly, and it's the supporter, Josh McDaniels, Bill Belichick is a gangster, but he got the support of the team. 
And that bleeds into wherever you are, where you talk about hard knocks and microcosm of a corporation organization, whatever new leaders and organization, if you can't get the team behind yeah. you, yeah. you're really going to struggle. You don't need to wait for annual survey or a pulse review coming out, mid-year pulse review saying that you suck. You just feel it. Yeah. Yeah. And in the case of Aaron Rodgers, I had to double check. He played at Cal. For a second, I thought maybe he played at Oregon because I thought maybe he's a bit of a lame duck right now. Because <laughs> I don't know. There's, he doesn't even work on these ahead of time. This is all in flow. This, is, a, this is just Palmer. There's a point in this season where you do wonder about the future of the Packers and how that plays out in the locker room. Does harken back to the last dance with the Bulls in 98 where... They wound up being a motivator that this was the last time they were going to be together. It does feel like Rogers, he has that it factor. He leads by showing up and by doing the things that leaders do. So I do agree with you that he'll probably get the team behind him. But there's a point at which he's going to be leaving and managing the transition of quarterbacks and managing leadership transitions maybe a level up from the quarterback. How do you build a culture that allows new leaders to emerge and quote unquote, take over the locker room? I think there's a lot of open questions about the best way to do it. It is interesting to see the, the places where it's working. I, I would say there was a bit of a quarterback controversy around how long Seattle could hold on to Russell Wilson. That seems to have resolved a little bit, and it does feel like let Russ cook, and there's a level to which Russ was, he was really good on, on uh, the Madden cast too, and Sierra was wearing the Russell Wilson-inspired uniform dress at the Met Gala. So again, this is all connected, but I do think there are examples out there now of the teams that we think are going to win, Kansas City in particular. You're expecting them to do well because of Patrick Mahomes, that's my quarterback or Tom Brady in Tampa. That's my quarterback. So the teams that we think are going to win the Super Bowl, which is a relatively small number, I think this year are, are given the short odds. The ones that have the least quarterback controversy and the most upside are the ones that we're thinking about now. And then also towards the future. Any perspective on that? You've been around leadership transitions. You've come in as a leader and you've had to figure out how to wait for the right time to assume the next level and when to let it come to you. It does feel like getting back to the, the question of black quarterbacks in the NFL, it does seem like for whatever reason, Mac Jones and Zach Wilson are already starting and Justin Fields and Trey Lance and some of the other quarterbacks who've just come out are not starting yet. Do you have any thoughts on how that analogizes to the right way to develop leadership in places where it might be hard? So you first talked about the Rogers transition. I actually think that transition will be smooth. So this is Rogers last year. I believe it. I think that it sounds like he and Jordan Love have a great relationship. So imagine that's the CEO, COO type handoff. He's grooming Jordan Love. He's in the quarterback room. When he leaves, they're going to be set. I actually think the Packers are in a great position because they have the quarterback to be very different than the Favre Rodgers because the Favre was not spending as much time. But it sounds like, you take it at face value, that Rodgers really 
wants him to be successful and Rogers is going to ball out while he's there. Yeah. I do think, and it's harder in sports. It's just amazing to see the number of transitions the players are making in the NBA, a little bit more in the NFL, that they yeah. can just rinse, they go to a new team and build chemistry that fast. Mm-hmm. It's really, when you get to start talking about the NBA, it's really hard to do. Yeah. So maybe this goes to the fact that we always talk about the quarterback, but there are a lot of other players on that team that help with the camaraderie, the chemistry, and enable someone to come in to a strong foundation. So the difference is with a QB, is it a turnaround situation? Mm. Or is someone coming into a stable environment where they're just the other piece? So they can play their role first and then figure out how to become the leader second. Mm -hmm. That's an easier situation to go into. Mac Jones is in the easier situation because great foundation, great organization. Yeah. Do you? And we got a lot of veterans and other people yeah. uh, that will help you. Wilson got banged around. He's going to get crushed all year. Yeah. Got, got banged around. Yep. So for Trey Lance and Justin Fields, mm-hmm. is it better to be banged around now or is it helpful to continue to learn and grow? And then t- take the reins in game six or seven while you get being your NFL feet wet. I'm less concerned. Like Justin Fields should have been an early draft pick. Fine if Andy Dalton is holding the ball right now. But Justin Fields is on the field for four plays and already scored a touchdown. You, you can't hold him back. You can only hold him back so long. Yeah. But I focus less on when you're playing and more the environment and the opportunity that you're set up with. And that's more concerning for a certain quarterback. Lamar Jackson was the last pick in the first round and went to a stud foundation. Yep. Stud environment, stud defense, and allowed him to build an offense around him. Yeah. I focus more on that. And turnarounds are really hard. Yeah. Turnarounds are hard in sports. Turnarounds are hard in business. And so that, to me, is where I'm focused. And yeah. Whether or not a quarterback has a real opportunity. There's only been, we talked about this. There's 55 Super Bowl winners. There's only been 33 quarterbacks that ever won. There's only been 20 franchises that ever won. And I'm one of those 12 franchises. They're just hoping that we can be relevant of the Vikings. So it's just a tough slog. Yeah. So Kansas City, you mentioned, Tampa, you mentioned, New England, you mentioned, Bills are building a strong foundation. Their team, Seattle still, regardless, still has a strong foundation. Yeah. They always have a chance. They're always going to have a chance to win. Yeah. It's these new quarterbacks that if they can build a better structure around it, I'm talking top down, general manager, everything else. That's when the new quarterbacks come in, really have a chance. Yeah, it makes sense. And if you look at Mahomes, he he was holding the clipboard for Alex Smith when he came in. Yep. Just like like Trey Lance is mostly holding a clipboard for Jimmy G. Touchdown his first game also. Touchdown, exactly. And then if you think about it, at another level, there is the Matt Stafford move to the LA Rams, which is more about a veteran who was really not in a winning situation. Now in a great foundation. And right? now has the foundation to take it to the next level. And it also does sound like there is more organizational chemistry between the coach, McVay, okay. and the quarterback, where from what I'm hearing, he and Goff were not exactly on the same page. So beyond just winning the locker room, you also have to have that relationship with the leadership above you, unless you're a transcendent quarterback. But even in those cases, I think the jury is a bit out on 
Aaron Rodgers in terms of how he leaves Green Bay. The jury's no longer out on Tom Brady, where he's shown he can succeed in different teams with really strong foundations. But I do think he signaled the beginning of a trend similar to LeBron taking his talent to South Beach in that now an aging quarterback or even a mid-career quarterback in a substellar system is going to have the opportunity to go to that next place. And in the case of Stafford, he's trying to pull a Tom Brady. In the case of Aaron Rodgers, next year he's planning to pull a Tom Brady. And the Tom Brady is becoming this disruptive factor for the stability of quarterback situations throughout the NFL. And I think it's going to follow the lead of the NBA. I think we're going to see more upheaval, more movement of quarterbacks. And I think it's going to take a little bit longer for teams to solidify into their form across a longer season now. We'll continue to watch this stuff, but what about the the racial dimension? Anything around the, the black quarterback aspect of it? It is interesting, maybe building on the history of uh, Mahomes, that Justin Fields and Trey Lance are being told to wait where Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Mac Jones are already starting. Is that overthinking it? Or do you think there might be something there in terms of how quarterbacks are being developed differently? Is it based on the system? Or do you think race is an issue in some way? So not with Cam. Cam was not good. Mac just outplayed him. Yeah. San Francisco, Shanahan is infuriating if you do play fantasy football. I mean, why is Elijah Mitchell playing in the first game and Trey Sermon, who's the third round pick, inactive? He's going to play whoever he thinks is winning in camp. And Trey Lance, younger quarterback, not from a top tier school. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Carson Wentz went in early, right, from a similar system. Was all world got hurt and then it's never been able to come back. And Trey Lance played one, one odd, odd game. Yeah. So to me, it's more development. He's developmental talent. And if you can let Jimmy Garoppolo hand it off to a bunch of running backs and find Kittle every now and again, and then Debo Samuel goes, that's fine. And then Chicago's a little different. I think they're just trying to create that culture we were talking about, sort of foundation. So when Justin Fields, he will be the starting quarterback. He is just more talented than Andy Dalton. We know who the Red Rocket is. Give that time in the same way you mentioned Mahomes. People thought Andy Reid was nuts to trade up for Mahomes. And then you have Alex Smith, who's great. He can manage the game. Mm-hmm. You got a guy like Andy Dalton who can manage the game. And Justin Fields is learning one of the t- toughest positions in all sports. Yeah. But guy is a strong better. You want to throw talent out to get beat up like Trevor Lawrence and Zach? Fine. But I take nothing from a race factor. I think the coaches are making smart decisions to protect the guy who will start game six, yeah. game 10, whatever, this year or will be anointed next year. And so I think they're using patience, which is unusual because most coaches are already on the hot seat and they yeah. need to win today. Exactly. Yeah. I, I guess it is the old line for the the CTO. You can always blame your predecessor and you can always do a reorg when you're in the worst uh, possible scenarios. So Nagy is holding the card of putting Justin Fields in for the next bad loss where he could yep. at least be doing something in response to it, which gives him a little bit of time to wrap in. But it does feel like both his 
position in the draft and then the slowness with which he's being given the reins, it does, to me, still signal for some long-term upside around Justin Fields, who's one that we're going to want to continue to to watch because he could really accelerate quickly to the front of this class once he gets the nod there. And it'll be interesting to watch him versus Mac Jones, the two later picks, where in some ways you get the opportunity to go to a stronger foundation, to your previous point, if you're not picked at the top of the draft. So anyway, to bring this home, Tarlin, what are your thoughts as we're, we're trying to draw some lessons learned from that's my quarterback's situations across the NFL in 2021? I think we'll end on, on that's my quarterback. One thing that we were talking about is it's not only a wide receiver coming out to support his quarterback, but we've seen in the NFL Joe Burrow coming out to support his wide receiver and Jamar Chase can catch the ball in the preseason and now Jamar Chase balled out in the first game. But I, I do want to end with, we had a lot that happened on our mini break, our, our summer hiatus with U.S. winning the most golds in the Olympics, Novak Djokovic not completing the Grand Slam. We had two teams playing in the U.S. Open women's final. We hadn't seen that since Serena and Martina Hingis, 1999. Yeah. Yeah. Can't leave it off. I love the NIL, watching all college athletes getting paid. J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith playing golf, and it's we got to have a back-to-school episode. Fantasy football drafts blowing up because Travis Etienne and Gus Edwards getting hurt. The Dodgers and Giants are relevant. I don't know about the Mets. Bryson DeChambeau and Messi leaving Barca. We had so much going on in that month of way. We had so much that we could run it back to. But just know we missed everyone, and we look forward to most shows coming up. All right, we're back. This is Running It Back, the Lessons Learned from Sports Podcast. Mike Bomber, Tarlin Ray, we'll be back again soon. Thanks for listening. Drew Locke is different, man. He's a he's a true franchise quarterback. He's somebody that's going to be around for 15 years. He's got the cannon arm. He can run. He, he's got great ball placement. But more importantly, he just has it. And I know there's a lot of pundits who are going to say, yo, you supported Trav, you supported this guy, you supported Case, you support everybody, and I do. But Drew Locke, that's my quarterback. Drew Locke, dog, that's my quarterback. Let's go! Drew Locke, dog, that's my quarterback.